Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a kook or a beginner? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to be a kook, stick around and learn with me and my new friend Nigel how to keep it cool. Because if you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we've all kooked it at some point. But the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So untangle your leash and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education program, The Surf Continuum. All right, let's kick this thing off. Yep. I, uh, I'm pretty stoked to be here. This is going to be my first episode where uh, I don't know the person I'm interviewing <laughs> at all. So it's good to meet you, Nigel. Yeah, same here, man. Thanks. Uh, so welcome. So uh, before I let you tell a little, about, uh, a little bit about yourself, I just wanted to say to everyone, like, I got kind of stoked as soon as I came in because uh, you, were, you were just talking about how you kind of run this shop and like, yeah, of course, it's a business. You got to make money. But um, you were more into just like kind of supplying the surfers around here with a little bit of something that they don't have a place to change get a warm shower just like a like a landing spot i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah so so the name station actually uh was kind of that was the point of it like where where, where do you go to kind of talk surf to look at boards to maybe flip through a magazine you know i'm from barbados so when i grew up i had that place it was a small shop called uh lazy days it was uh in the south coast in Barbados and I would go in there and just like sit down and I think they probably thought I was like an annoying kid but I would like just smell wax all day flip through <laughs> magazines because I couldn't afford to buy one and um and you know it's just it, it was just cool to hear guys talk about boards they like and I think that's what was really important to me you know like being a sales rep I understand the what makes a shop work? Like, what's, I know what my best shops are, mm-hmm. and I want to take a piece of all those guys. There's great shops in Jersey and Virginia, you know, a lot of really good uh, good spots, and I wanted to create something that had a little piece of all that. And the shops that I liked the best were the ones where I walked in, I felt like uh, Norm from Cheers. <laughs> you know, like you walk in and say, hey, what's up, buddy, you know? Right, um, right. So I guess that's really what I want to create, and I, what I'm hoping is that by default, if you hang out enough, you, you, you pick up a T-shirt and you pick up, you know, maybe, you know, some wax. And, and we're, we're in New York, so we'll get the people to come buy the big ticket items, which we will sell. But it's more that, man. It's a place where you feel, like, comfortable leaving your stuff, right, showering right. off, having a genuine question about equipment that gets it answered. It's not based around what can I sell you. Right, You right. know, I think that's kind of like my thing because I always believe if you, you, um, you just get people educated and tell them what they need to know and let them make the decision, then it's more genuine, you know, like you have lifelong customers and if you sell them stuff, you right, know, just because right. you're trying to hit I, that number. Well, I think I think that's absolutely the right way to go because people need stuff. They're going to need their yeah. things eventually. Yep. So if, if your priority is first to educate them and, and give and, you know, just satisfy and satiate that the questions they have, yep. then when it comes time to buy the things they need, yeah. it's like, well, why would they go to anybody else? They're exactly. going to go to the guy that exactly. answered all their questions, gave them a hot shower in the back to use. <laughs> So that's killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so like, tell me about, so the, the, the point of this whole podcast is to help people who are learning how to surf, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't really think that good surfers listen to this, uh, but that's <laughs> all right. Um, but so how did you learn how to surf? And, and why don't you, like, let some of the oh, listeners man. know, like, what that process was like for you? Yeah, so, so for me, <clears throat> um, so I like to start by saying I'm an island boy. I mean, I was, uh, grew up in Barbados. Um, 
it, it's an island, so I'm around and in water from a very young age. I mean, we're walking on a reef, like trying to find like a, like sea urchins, you know, to, to cook, and we're fishing, and, you know, so that was just kind of in me naturally. Um, and then you see like the big kids surfing in, in my head. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool to do. My story is interesting because I was actually on the, the swim team. Like the swim team was projected kind of like the, you go to the national team. So swimming was going to be the path. And mm -hmm. I remember uh, we started doing these ocean swims and I would see people surfing. And you always pay attention, but then you were really paying attention. And you were body surfing, obviously. And I started... Uh, I guess boogie boarding with like a, a, a kickboard from swimming and then that was kind of cool. Um, and I think that made me think, oh, if this small stuff makes me so excited, what if I actually had like a board, right? Mm. So um, <clears throat> it's a really kind of crazy story how I got a board. Um, but all my friends were kind of getting boards, you know, we're swimming and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll get a board. They had like, you know, a rich dad here, or like a mom who was working. And I, I came from a pretty poor family, so. Um, that was none of that for me, but, um, a buddy of mine said, Hey, I know a guy that has a board. He's selling it for 40 bucks. That's like 40 Bajan dollars, which is, um, in us $20 because it's, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I think I was nine, <laughs> nine or 10. And I'm like, how am I like 40 bucks? It's like saying a million dollars to a kid. <laughs> and I remember I started hustling, right? So I was already sweeping the surf shop back home and stuff for, and they'd say, hey, yeah, take this magazine. So what I would do is I would go home and I would cut the photos out of the magazines, like really clean the ones that I like, and I would go to school and I would sell them for like a quarter or 50 cents to all of the guys who surf or just like, like that kind of culture. And they would pay me for it. I thought it was kind of crazy, but they'd pay me for it. So I'd probably raise like maybe 10 bucks that way, you know, and then, um, there's this, this kid, he, uh, his dad, like in, in the Caribbean, there are these things called, um, they used to call them like the, the, the Indian man, you know? So what it was is you had these, these immigrants from, I believe India, could be Guyana or whatever, but they would have these white kind of vans and they would have, um, they would have clothes. So imagine what the a mobile shopping is now. And they would drive around from neighborhood, neighborhood, shorts, socks, hats, whatever. So this kid's dad was one of those guys. And they made good money because they're selling stuff that the community wants. And he was like, yeah, I'll lend you 20 bucks. And I'm like, lend? Like, I don't even know how I'm going to pay you back. But I didn't tell him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, yeah, 20 bucks. Later. Maybe I'll get a chance to surf the board. Like, we'll talk about it. And then, you know, what was kind of rad is like a, a teacher of mine. She saw that how, like, much I was kind of trying to get this board, and she gave me the other $20. No way. So I got 40 bucks. <clears throat> I ran to this guy's house, I think during lunch from school. Got, it was a natural art, kind of like an old school, like Rhino Chaser, single fin. It was yellow, kind of pinstripe um, around with a uh, red, uh, red fin. Um, and that was the board. Sounds classic. It was amazing, I think about it. But I remember getting that board. So the important part of all this is that my parent, my grandmother who raised me, um, was super religious. Now, surfers and surf lifestyle in the Caribbean is considered like what I guess uh, ski bums would be. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. you do is you hang out on the beach, you smoke weed, and you, you hit on white girls. You know, like, like that was the mentality. So she wanted me to have no part of that. So um, I remember getting the board and I, I had to hide it because I couldn't bring it home. So I would leave it at my buddy Brian's house. He would, like him and I were like best, best boys. So he had already gotten a board. I would leave the board there. And I remember I, 
I, I learned to surf at this beach in Barbados called um, Rockley Beach, or Accra Beach they call it now, uh, beach break, and it was probably ankle high, and I took the board out, caught, I paddled for the first wave. Again, not sure I knew what I was doing, but I've seen it enough where I kind of manage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I waxed it up with candle wax, because I, <laughs> like, I didn't know, and at the surf shop they put a little bit on there for me. And I stood up my very first wave. No way. I rode it to the beach and stepped off the board. I didn't fall. And I remember standing in the water with the biggest smile on my face. And at that moment, I said in my head, and I remember it like it's yesterday, okay, so I need to figure out how to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that moment in my life has literally informed and directed the rest of my life. Mm. Everything I did from that point on, like obviously I quit swimming. Um, had to do around surfing yeah. um, and that was day one and I had that board and I moved on you know there was a lot of this like good guys that kind of brought you under their wing a little bit um, so I was surfing the single fin like pretty good and I think some of the the older surfers like they got wind of that and they would show hey cool let's do this or if the waves are big do this so I got a lot of pointers from them mm -hmm. um, but I, I really learned by watching I didn't um, no one gave me a lesson it's just you kind of stand up and fall off, stand up and fall off, and, and kind of kept going. But I knew enough that the guys that I like to see surf, I wanted to know how they were that good. And mm -hmm. I just, um, um, I guess, asked them and got pointers. Then I, another board story. Uh, so that board, I was traveling because I was still swimming, and we, we were coming to the U.S. to train. And, and it's like 11, 12 um, now. And, um, so you have this board for like two years now? About two years. Okay. And then I left it, so I couldn't bring it home, so I hid it at the beach. And I told one or two people where it was, like, if you guys want to surf it, just keep an eye. And then I came back, and someone had broken the board, oh, and it, no. it was kind of bummed, so I was without a board. Um, and this is how you know when things are destined. <clears throat> so I'm bummed, like I'm surfing different people's boards, um, didn't really have anything stable. So I... I'm walking to swimming class one morning early, because I'd do it before I went to school, walking to this alleyway and saw $150 on the floor. I swear to you. No. Shortcut. I picked it up. I was like, oh, holy shit, like, this is great. That's epic. So um, I kept it. And then later that day, um, there was a contest in Barbados they called the Ecuba, the Ecu Bavarian contest. It was it's an old one. Kelly Slater would come down. A bunch of like the, the pros would come down. Where would where would they hold that? Uh, at Supos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that near where you grew up? In the no. Desert? So I'm on the south. So I, I I grew up closer to like Brandon's and South Point. Okay. You know, Thunder, like those beaches down there. Um, but this guy said, I guess one of the pros broke their board. This guy took the board, fixed it. I didn't know the guy, but my buddy Brian was like, yo, this guy's selling this board, $150. I know, do you want it? And I'm like, is it broken? He goes, yeah, it's broken, but it's really good fix. So I gave him the 150 on trust. You know, I didn't even ask the height. It's just, I'm hoping it's the right board. Brian goes, he gets the board. The board was, and I have a photo of it. It's a... Mikel, a, a McChrystal town and country, uh -huh. kind of like what um, Matt Archbold used to surf like yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking, it looked fine, pintail, had channels on the bottom, a thruster, glass thin fins. And I look and on the bottom it goes for Dino and Dino. No way. <laughs> so I was like, and I know who that was because back then my idols were like, well, Dino was a little bit later, but you know, like well, Dino, um, well, I don't—I'm sure a lot of listeners don't, don't know even either, know so who that's he is. Kolohe yeah. and, Dino's, Kolohe and father. Dino's father, right? Yeah, who I'm sure they know probably. Yeah, 
So, I mean, my idols then were like Martin Potter was like someone I emulated surf and Aki, of course, because he was good. Yeah. Tom Curran was king. Oh my God, yeah. You know, so yeah. I so that was, and then the next generation was kind of like Archie and and Christian Fletcher, and yeah. that, so yeah. I was and, and and Dino and Dino, right? You know, right. Um, so I, I was like, oh my God, this is bored. So I needed to surf like him, of course, and <laughs> that was a board that kind of lasted me. It started off white, ended up brown with like a million dings and. But that was it, you know, and I surfed that until I think um, I came here in like 90, 1990, 91. Well, wait, now go back because I want to hear more about that board. <laughs> yeah. Because you went from this classic Rhino gotcha. Chaser single fin yeah, to yeah. a pros board that yes, had to be yes. what, 6 uh, Yeah, 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 6 6 is, one, I think it was. This is This is the late 80s, so this is like 88, 89. Okay, so it's got some volume. It's not a yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit, uh, not as much volume as like... You know, kind of the older Not like things. a rhino chaser. <laughs> right, but but more volume. Like like typical 80s, you know, type of board. But it was but a transition. A big transition height-wise. Yeah. And just shape, you know, like it's yeah. a pintail. I, I guess the chaser was a pintail too, but just different volume, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, different dispersed. Like yeah, the way yeah. the volume was spread Yeah, now out. I think about it, that natural art had the volume all the way to the front of the board, so it was right under my chest. Yeah, yeah. This board was more even, and it was super fast because it had channels and glass and fins. Mm -hmm. um, but the board, it was good. I, I remember when I started, surf, it wasn't actually the first shortboard I surfed, because I had borrowed some other boards, and I realized right away that I could stand on it, but it was super unstable. Mm -hmm. It was almost like I'm used to standing on a very stable thing, and then I stepped on it. So I had to reassess like how I was surfing. Like I couldn't cruise in as much. The drops were like a little bit later, mm -hmm. and you had to be more on your feet. Um, but once I kind of got the wobbles out, I got the hang of it. And then it really started to progress, you know, mm -hmm. um, because then you can hold your line differently. You know, you 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 the just the reaction of the board is different. Right, um, right. So I had to kind of understand those things. Um, and once you get that, then it's more like um, this understand how to read the wave properly because before at the rhino chaser, like I got the rhythm. But I remember distinctly when like um, and I'm not sure this happens to everyone, but going down the line like clicks for you. It's not just kind of going but you start pumping and, and mm -hmm. going up and down the fifth to, to generate speed so when that happened i remember it was like oh my god this light bulb just went off in my head and then everything it's like learning to ollie in certain in skating that's like the basis for everything because now you can generate speed mm -hmm. you can go down really fast and do like a big cutback or you can generate speed bottom turn and then floater so um that was uh that was like a big turning point for me and then i was of course now that i'm a little bit older you know, I can travel. So my crew, we, we would start going to different places. So we'd go to South Point and then we went to like surf soup bowls. And that was like very different because that's, uh, I mean, I've been surfing reef breaks. That's fine. But soup bowls has a different level of power. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so even getting out and the board worked differently there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I was like, I definitely was blessed to surf that those kind of conditions. Um, and I remember when I came here, I, I didn't bring the board with me, um, but just surfing here. I actually came to Brooklyn first, and although I knew about Rockaway and I came out and saw Rockaway, I had family on the West Coast, so I ended up surfing California before I surfed here. Uh, and I picked up another board there. Um, it, it was a Nev um, from, I think, Becker Surf Shop, like back, this is probably now like 90. 91, mm -hmm. 92, um, and that's the board that I ended up bringing back here and surfing here in, in Rockaway for a long time, so yeah.
crazy. Yeah, and that's and then so, and then you spend a bunch of time obviously uh, here in the Rockaways. Yeah, yeah. So I I've been surfing the Rockaways uh, like ninety one. 90-91-92-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-
there was like there's a couple like core locals that we'd be in the water all the time i mean they're guys that you'd say their names now like the true old school people would know um birdo fernando here along like, like like these are guys that that now a couple of them here i know some of them moved to hawaii um but those are the guys that would like show me the ropes and and mm-hmm. we'd go out to beach 36th street surf there and then slowly started to move down to 90th street um and i would surf both places i mean rockaway for me like when it's not the summertime and none of the beaches are restricted so i'm surfing wherever the waves mm-hmm. are, is better um you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm assuming you got yourself a winter suit now and you got your full suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I got a suit way back um, back then and was using it. I mean, now I'm good. I have a good winter suit. I'm, I'm using a flash bomb, a rip curl. Oh, yeah. I like, How do you a like lot. it? I like it a lot. So I'm, I'll, I'll say this because I figured that this this kind of show. Like, I don't like the bullshit. Like, I don't like the... The truth is, there's probably like seven suits that make seven factories that make wetsuits, right? Yeah. People just bring in different technologies, and people are, oh, I'm only Patagonia guy, I'm only this guy. What I tell people is, I'm the best fit guy, right? If the suit fits me well, the truth is, most wetsuit brands have pretty great wetsuit technology. Totally. Yeah. Now it's a different thing if you want to talk about sustainability and that kind of stuff. I get that part of it, yeah. um, but I just wear the suits that work well for me. Yeah. I find Rip Curl has done it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like the new O'Neill, like the Techno Butter stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't tried those yet. Yeah, I'm... the material's good. Like I, I have a three two in it, and I, I actually really, really like it. Um, you know, I, I like the Patagonia stuff. It's a little bit heavy for me. I think they hold a little bit more water. Yeah, you know, they're, they're a little, little tough to get into. Too, yeah. yeah, but they're super warm you know yeah. so i think it's really what you're looking for i need the flexibility you know mm-hmm. I, i'm a little bit bigger guy and um but i like that suit a lot and in the store we carry a bunch of different ones like i like the hurley stuff it's okay but it, it's fit like i tell people whenever they're buying stuff i go your number one purchase actually should not be your surfboard you, you need that to surf but it should be your wetsuit 100 right and then you because you can buy a used surfboard and still have a blast yeah but if you buy a shitty wetsuit you will be miserable miserable you know and i always say that to people i'm like invest in an amazing wetsuit if you can and buy an okay surfboard yeah you know like get something used but your wetsuit is like your bread and butter so 100 i was yeah. saying that to somebody else the other day they were asking about this new board they want to get and blah 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 <laughs> and, and you know I, I had to ask about their wetsuit and they're like oh i have this three two and i just overlap this and blah 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 I'm yeah like, you kidding me? <laughs> keep the board you got and get yourself a good yeah, wetsuit yeah 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 surf you, you'll get so much more surfing yep, with a good yeah. wetsuit instead yeah. of a good board yeah for sure uh, and then that's even it's funny to me because i had i actually had a similar board to what you had so my friend had been given this half finished you know, six six wide point way forward. It was like the yeah. outline of a seventies kind of right. you know pipeline board, like lightning bolt. You know, yeah. wide point forward, and then it seemed like the tail started from just behind that. You know, right, like right, all right, the right. way slowly tapering back, single fin. So it was like a project board for my friend. He got to finish it, but he didn't want to surf it. And at the time, you know, I'm thirteen or fourteen. I didn't have a board, so he gave it to me. Right. And uh, it, it, you know, at first it was weird and awkward, and I was just like kind of cursing for like not having <laughs> a decent board. Yeah. But you know what? I rode it for like two seasons and I got used to it. Yeah. And I started to learn how to ride that board. And then I almost was like upset to get a new board because I got so comfortable on that board. And it just taught me something that, 
you can ride almost anything. Oh yeah, of course, of you course. You can of really course. ride anything, and you of just course. have to have that patience in the beginning to put the time in and to learn the volume and the, the relationship of where your body needs to be placed on yep. it when you're paddling and when you're standing and you know all those kinds of things. But yeah, just to, just to what you said, like yeah. wetsuits, huge yeah. board. You'll get used to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with um, with boards, you know, the way I sell them and the way I explain to people, it's kind of like for the new people, I'm like, tell me where you want to be. And I'll try to find somewhere in the middle because mm-hmm. I don't want to give you a log, which is what everyone's telling you what you should get because you'll stand. But who wants to just stand, right? Mm-hmm. It's either you want to be a longboarder or you want to be a kind of like fun, kind of cruisy guy or a shortboard guy. So figure out where you want to be and let's find the best thing there. But for me and boards, like that board, that Rhino Chaser, what it did was it made me slow down. But at the time, because I surfed nothing else, I didn't realize that it was teaching you kind of style. Mm-hmm. You can't manhandle it, right? Like right, there's this yeah. rhythm you you have to work with in order to get the board to do what it needs to do to give you the most optimum ride. Right. And I think when I got on a short board, I realized right away, I was like, oh, I can throw this thing around more. And I see this a lot. And, you know, you being, you know, a coach probably see this as well, where you, you can look in the lineup and see guys catch waves and you know who who is in sync and can surf really well. They, I call it dancing, because I think that's what surfing is. Mm. You're kind of doing this dance. You're kind of, where's the energy now? Where's it now? And then yeah, you're kind of making yeah, this yeah. movement. And when you learn how to manipulate that and really start to like lead that a little bit, then you, you can tell the guys who know how to surf. Then the people that I call them, like they're fighting the wave. They're, everything they're doing is like kind of intuitive to like, you know, the way that the wave is working. and. I don't know. Back then, I guess it would call like soul surfing, mm-hmm. but I think what it really was was understanding like that rhythm, you know. Of, yeah. of well, it's it's just so true what you're saying because you know dancing is with somebody else. Yes, when yes, you yes. Dance, you're usually with another person, yeah. so you can't just do what you want, or it's going to be like disconnected and, mm-hmm. and out of sync and out of rhythm. You have to play off of yeah. each other, and yep. of course, there's the leader. But yep. you know, there is something else in that equation, yep. just like surfing. So you can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. You can't yep. do a cutback if the sections demand you to pump and get. Yeah, fast exactly. You can. So you got to be able to read the wave and do the right yep. thing, and 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 that's when it comes to be like what you described, dancing. Yeah, yeah. So so in in teaching people, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, so on our site, I have this thing where I put, we don't just teach you to pop up. Which, um, and I will actually tell people if, you know, when they come to us for lessons, because I'll teach a lot of lessons, you know, we use a lot of the instructors from some of the surf schools as like a side hustle for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll tell people is if you never surfed before, <clears throat> just go grab a group lesson, kind of get your feet under you, feel, you know, kind of see, see if you like, like it, you know. Most people come to us after they've done that and they actually want to learn to surf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... People like appreciate that, and when and part of me, and part of me teaching them that way is I always tell them in my kind of speech because we when we teach it, you know, we talk about the, the the etiquette thing and stuff like that. And I like to think we're the next step after you take a group lesson mm-hmm. where I teach you some more basic fundamentals, you know, like paddling properly, you know, kind of like trying to read the wave a little bit better, being in the right position, you know, like that kind of stuff, stuff that. Yes, I'll push you in, but I'll be talking you through a lot of stuff we're doing. Um, and one thing I always tell people is like, you can't lead. Like you're you're riding energy from Mother Nature. You're not going to win the fight. So, and I'll tell people straight up: A type personalities normally don't make great surfers. Hmm. Um, it's not a negative thing. It's just that because I found that those type of people try to figure it out, right? Yeah. And there's no line that you shoot up from. You know, there's no end zone. There's, 
And when you don't have those rules, I think that mentality doesn't work for those people. So I always have to get people to like let go. It's like, honestly, I'll push them into a wave and just go, just close your eyes for a minute and just feel (laughs) what's happening around you. And that changes your whole thing. And you you see them start to kind of go, oh, wait a minute. It's not really me. There's all this other stuff that's happening. I think the best surfers, the surfers that I like are the ones who, I mean, people can hate or love Kelly Slater, but I think he's so informed when it comes to just wave knowledge, like the way his body like works on the wave, understand. I mean, if you looked at the that the way that everyone's watching now, the one at Pipeline where we like fell off and like and, and oh, got yeah, the boy, yeah, yeah. like that's not by chance, right? Like right, yes, it's no. luck, right? But let me he, bet the better surface, even like a Toledo and some of those guys and like a Gerald Tudor, whoever your flavor of athlete is. They just look like they're connected. And I think that's what's hard to teach. And I don't think you can teach that to people when it comes right. to surfing. But that's what you need, I think, to become like a really good surfer, not someone who's just like standing on a board and being pushed by white water. Right. You know well, I mean? And there's only one path there. And yeah. That's just yes. Consistency. consistency. Yeah. Doing it, doing it over yeah. and over again. And, uh, and then finding the patterns, because like you said, there's no rules. You know, yeah, every yeah. wave that comes in is going to be different. a little different. Yeah, yeah. But when you start to understand a pattern or a certain thing or a, a, little, a little, you know, characteristic about yeah. your sandbank, you can start anticipating exactly. that section, but still every time is different. Yeah. But having that knowledge, and, and then I think that's, that's absolutely what makes Kelly Slater such an outrageous yep. surfer, is not just his actual physical skill, but his, his yep. knowledge, his behind it, the science of waves and what's happening. Yep. Is like he it's gets going it. on. Yeah, he gets yeah. it. He really gets it. Yeah, I mean, I I find myself always kind of when I'm in the water with people, a wave will come and they go this one, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, then why are you still sitting? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like if you see it's this one, you should have already been down. You should have already been heading towards it. You should have already been kind of like owning your space around you because not only is it that you need to get this wave, but you're in a pack. So if people around you. They're, they're looking at you and you got to set your kind of like dominance a little bit about if you because as a better surfer if I'm watching you and you're just sitting there I'm going to snake you every time mm-hmm. because I just figure you're not going to go right, right. Um, and there's a lot of that stuff that I don't think you can necessarily teach but you can get people to understand it you know and knowing like hey it looks like it's coming here but look at what's happening with the way the tide's been working all morning it's going to turn you know I think that stuff is when you become like you really start enjoying it and that is what makes surfing so addictive it's because you're always adjusting like mm-hmm. you, you think you got it and then like oh man I didn't do it quite right and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the next one you may not get that chance again for like another four waves because the next one's completely different you right. know so yeah yeah, right. yeah for it's, sure. it's special stuff yeah man for sure but uh all right time to get humble okay let's get I want humble. you to talk about uh first it doesn't have to be now it could be <laughs> when you first started surfing but what was your biggest fear um or is I, I i mean i think as a surfer your biggest fear is always drowning right like, like i mean um well you know i've been so surprised by some people's answers you know like oh, yeah? the fears that people have is like some things i didn't even think about you know like well now i'm going blank of course but, uh, <laughs> but like you know getting hurt of course or okay a good one was uh one of my friends was like when he first started surfing he was afraid of being a kook he was yeah, afraid of yeah. just being outside of the crew and like when you yeah, yeah, rolled yeah. up to the beach and you know like all oh, that that group of surfers yeah, are yeah, good yeah. and they hang with each other and obviously i'm not yeah, yeah. you know and afraid of being the odd one out and not being that good you know and actually when he said that i was kind of like huh i guess i was afraid of that too and yeah 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 I, I, I hear that a lot, and 
I don't know. I was never really scared of that. Like, because I didn't really care. Mm. I, I think for me, surfing got me hooked so early that all I cared about was surfing. So if they were like, hey, you can't surf here, I would go down to the beach and surf there. Yeah. You know, if, if they're like, I would literally, I started surfing this place in Barbados that wasn't even that popular spot. It was called Caribbean because it was a hotel there called the Caribbean Hotel. There was like wire in the water and the reef was super shallow. But there was no one out all mm, the time. Perfect. And I would go out there and I would just, I learned how to fall very kind of like flat. So I was hitting the reef. Um, I didn't really care about that, but I did care about not being able to hold my breath long enough under a big set, you know, and also because that's the progression of surfing as a young kid, right? You want to be able to surf bigger waves and yeah. bigger waves, but bigger waves come with a consequence, you right. know? Like it, it, it's a deeper duck dive. It's like a longer hold down and then you go to another spot. So I think even now, I think my, my biggest fear is always, um, I, I think more so on the West Coast than here because the paddle out sometimes like a little bit further, you mm. know? Um, just not being fit and healthy enough to hold my breath long enough for a long hold down. Right. You know, yeah. I, I've, and I'm a little bit older now, so I've really been kind of trying to just get healthy, like just, you know, understand what that means. But um, I think that's been my, my biggest fear. Um, is just showing up at any beach. I want to be able to show up at any beach, deal with the paddle out if it's a couple feet or a couple, you know, meters, like yards out. Um, stay out there, surf till I'm exhausted, and I still have the energy to come back. Mm -hmm. And I've been in situations where I've paddled out, you know, be it in Costa Rica or, you know, uh, someplace on the West Coast where it's not a, clo a close paddle. You paddle out, and there's definitely a zone. Once you make it past that duck dive zone and you're on the outside, the waves aren't getting smaller. They just kind of keep coming, and you're mm -hmm. just like... I want to go back in, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but if I get caught inside and I got to deal with, you know, um, but that's it. I, I, there's not really a lot today fear of surfing because I, I just kind of give in. Like, I realize that I'm not in control. Mm. I'm just kind of like enjoying the moment a little bit. Yeah, um, I think, but that's yeah. a healthy fear. You know, like you got to, you, as a surfer, you know what the ocean can do. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so and you're fully and and there's no you can never just surf for your whole life and escape every bad situation. You're gonna yes, find out yes. the hard way yeah. that the ocean can smack you down. Yeah. So I think that's a healthy fear because you never forget that. You <laughs> never forget that lesson nope. you learn. Nope. And like every once in a while, even as you get better and wiser yeah. and you know your limits, you know when it's the right time to to paddle out or if it's just too big for you. Yeah. But every once in a while, you you find yourself in that yeah. position like, yeah. oh shit, here I am yeah. again. <laughs> and so we all I think that's a good one because we yeah. all have it we yeah. all know yeah. we all know it's possible to to get outside of our limits and, yeah. uh, and so that's like we're always dabbling with that edge because you want the thrill you want to surf big waves you just don't want to cross your line yeah. Yeah. but yeah. that's a blurry line you know yeah. because yeah. it could be 10 foot and mushy or right 10 foot and, and pitching like, and hollow and, and just it's a whole different it. experience yeah. and yeah. that 10 foot hollow wave is yeah. gonna scare yeah. the shit out of you yeah and the 10 foot mushy wave is gonna be a blast yeah you know? yeah for sure uh, whatever that line is, but yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Now, and tell me about it, in the in the spirit of being uh, humble, what you have any uh, good kooky moments that you remember? What or some embarrassing moment? Because uh, I get a good kick out of these. Uh, Everyone's got one. Maybe it's not on the top of your head. No, but. I I have, and it, it happens now. There are a couple of them. I mean kooky moments like this weird stuff like I well like you can't get out of your wetsuit you know or something yeah, on the yeah. beach. I mean that doesn't really happen to better surfers because you know they know how to get their wetsuit off what but. would happen to me and it happens random 
I would start hitting myself in the same place all the time with my board. So I went through this whole phase where my board would flip out, hit me in the lip, and bust my lip. <laughs> but it happened literally like 20 times. Almost every time I went surfing, it, it would just happen. And I'd be like, what is going on? What am I doing? You know? <laughs> so that was one. I, I, I just remember going, why am I hitting my lip? And then there was one time that I kept like just jamming my finger. It's like weird, like random stuff. Um, yeah, and just just silly stuff like that. But that one happens, like, I think maybe a year or two ago. It was something about I would get up and my toe would always just roll. Yes. And, oh, I was going to say this when you finished. Yeah, and it, like, kills me because it always happens on a perfect wave or the wave, I'm the only one there, it's coming, and I go to stand up and my foot slips off the back. Oh. It's, and it would just ruin the wave and I'd just be bummed. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that's so funny you said, uh, maybe I misunderstood the toe roll thing, but I had this kind of thing for a while where the way I was standing on my board, I was like rolling my back yeah. foot, you know, putting my back knee like in a little bit and uh -huh. I would also roll my foot a bit. Uh -huh. And I started kind of getting this like callous tender spot uh, on my big toe yeah. on the side of on it. On the I'm side. Constantly like I've rolling, had that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And just doing it over and over again. And like, I think one day it was just hurting. And yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Why is my toe in this weird spot hurting? Yeah, and yeah. I realized... It's because yeah. standing, you know? That's been happening to me this actually this year. I would get up and it just felt like it would jam my big toe every time, every time. And it was sucks because you'd get up and you like really fast. Yeah, I know exactly the feeling. Yeah, yeah. So that. did you ever find out what you were doing that that kept bringing the board into your lip? It stopped and I didn't even like worry <laughs> about it. But I think like, I just like looked like I was in a fight every day. Um, but it, it was just weird. It was just like I'm not sure if it, it wasn't like I was falling off. I would do something like if I went up to like hit the lip and then my front foot would slip off and bam, it would hit me. Or I would be just kind of like playing around like on a floater and then my foot would slip off and bam, it would hit me. But my foot would never slip off normally yeah, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't now. It's just like random. Strange. Random I'm stuff, actually, yeah. it's funny you say your lip too because I'm just, I got a swollen lip. You probably can't tell now, but it's just <laughs> going down on that last swell we had. Oh yeah. I, uh, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was again, a stupid thing. Got a great little wave completed kicked out and the way i kicked out i was like still standing yeah. on my board yeah, and, it just, like, and it was just an awkward not even it was a simple like I, it was an awkward like dismount and i was like the board is sinking under me so i was like keeping it under me because i didn't right. want it to get away from me and i was like trying to figure out how i'm gonna like grab it yeah, yeah, paddling. Yeah. and finally i was like fuck i'm not gonna be able to do this yeah. so i just got off and the board was so perfectly level underwater that it stayed underwater and I was like treading water next to it, like, huh, when's this thing gonna come up? Yeah. And then just, it, it just like changed pitch a little bit and underwater then, and it shot up ugh. tail first into my lip. You know, oh, it, it hit sucks. my top and bottom lip at once. Uh, and I paddled back out and my buddy watched my whole wave, you know, because yeah. they took off, it was a good wave. And I was like, dude, how's my lip? And he's like, oh, bleeding, low. Yeah. What just happened? On that last wave? <laughs> but I watched the whole thing, you kicked out, you know? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I was trying to. Get back on my board, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 that kind of silly stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I will say in the winter. So I'm not a big fan of winter surfing. I I do it, but it's not like I'm stoked on it. And it's not because I can't surf in the winter. I hate all the rubber, mm -hmm. and I always feel kooky when I try to stand. And I don't know if it's that I'm just not strong. I'm not sure what it is. But I go to stand, I feel like I'm like 
freaking Play-Doh boy. Like, what? <laughs> my leg is finally up. Because you're so used to being like so quick to my feet. Yeah. Um, but that always makes me kind of like annoyed. And then the boots like get so much traction on the board. If you're a little bit off, you got to adjust it. And you got to like lift your foot entirely It's like change. The and then the wave is no fun anymore because you're not in sync and you know. Yeah. But, do, you, uh, do you ever get back to Barbados? Um, I do. I, I don't go as much now. Um, not for any reason. It just, just the shop and, and work and time, you know, yeah, and family. Yeah. Um, but I mean, eventually that's kind of where I want to end up. Um, so I, I think I will eventually be there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love Barbados. It's, it's home. Good vibes, good waves, good people. Yeah, I hear good things. I hear yeah. good things. I, I haven't been myself, but... Um like friends and, and people I know have traveled there and, and yeah. came back with only good things to say. So yeah. I definitely want to check it out. No, that's no, good for sure. But, um, all right. Well, uh, that was a pretty good one for me. <laughs> you got anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Or? Um, no, nah, man, just, uh, if you're in New York, come out to Rockaway. Like it's, it's pretty rad. It's a good little surf scene, but the town is good. Like I think I come to station surf shop. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. I should plug the shop. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Come check out the shop if you are around, and, and I'm saying that to be genuine. Um, I, I think we got a cool thing going. You know, we're not perfect, but I think we're pretty darn good. Our tagline is "Surfing, skating, good vibes," and that's what I try to try to um, you know put out there for everyone. For sure, I felt um, it when I came. In. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be treated like family. You know, if you don't have it, we'll try to get it, or we'll show you the best alternative option. Um, but more than that, I just we're a block away from the beach. To me, there's something pretty cool about taking a subway out to the beach. Mm. You know, like you paid a metro, metro card deal, you were in Times Square looking at something cool, and then you have sand in your toes. Yeah. And I think people get really stoked on that. We, we've had people, because we're so close to JFK, I had a guy from Australia who flew in, saw the lines, it was a pretty good day, landed, had like a six-hour layover, jetted to the store, Grab the board because we rent not no just soft way. tops. We we rent we we do board demos. So we have like Guys short boards and stuff. He like rented a board, surfed like a thing an hour or two, came back, was so excited, showered off, got dressed, went back on his plane, and then he like shot like I think in our like Instagram or maybe Facebook thing. Like he just kind of like awesome, so happy I got a chance to do this. It was on my bucket oh, yeah, list. Plug all that too, you your know? Instagram. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram. I'm horrible on social media. I, I'm trying to get better. I just. <laughs> I know. I have a problem with the me thing. Like, look at me, look at me, look yeah, at me. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me personally. I get the marketing side. But our Instagram is at Station RBNY. Uh, Facebook. RBNY, like yeah, Rockaway, Rockaway Beach. Beach, New York, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and that's where we do most of our stuff. Um, we post surf reports in the morning when the waves are good. Um, Normally, if it's good, we'll also open the shop like at 6 o'clock. So anyone who knows us knows that Google says 10. They'll call us the day before and go, what time are you guys opening tomorrow? And I will probably say 6 or 7 o'clock. If I'm not surfing, it'll probably be 8 o'clock. But, <laughs> um, but that's it, man. Yeah, just I think there's a cool surf scene happening out here. Uh, it is getting a little bit crowded, so I get that. Just be respectful when you come out, you know, um, and just have a good time. You know, surfing is about... Having fun. I mean, I get we all want to progress and we should, but at the end of the day, it's like, pff, I hope if there's a heaven that there's surfing in it because there's nothing cooler. <laughs> like, I don't care what else is up there. I would like to be at least like just catching the best ways possible. Um, yeah, man, I, you know, that's that's kind of it. You know, just uh, thank you for, for talking to me. I, I, you know, 
wasn't really expecting it, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, your boy Bryant sent me over, you know, so <laughs> shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, they, they have a pretty cool meetup. I will plug this called um, Gotham, Gotham Surf Meetup, and what's kind of rad about those guys is just a bunch of people that want to surf. They're either better, they don't know what they're doing, they're trying to get together, and they just wanted to say, hey, I'm coming out, you want to come out with me? Mm -hmm. um, so that he, he heads that group up, and it's pretty rad, so we do lessons with them, and just kind of, they ask us a bunch of questions at times, and we just, I just am always jumping in yeah let's do this let's do that um and that's just kind of cool it's, it's that whole sense of community that i like so that's why i like brian and kind of what he's doing so very cool yeah, very yeah. cool well definitely you guys if you're in rockaway come check out station this place is killer uh nigel the the shop owner here is the man yeah. and if you're not subscribed to the kook cast you're kooking it <laughs> yeah definitely do that for sure <laughs> get on there and subscribe yeah and uh rate and review if you guys are digging it uh it helps us just keep on going uh Nigel, awesome to meet you, man. Yeah, man, same Chris. Thank you. Got one more person in the surf world to, yeah, yeah. to hit up when I come out this way. Yeah, and, you're uh, always welcome. Try to score some waves over here with you boys. Maybe I'll come uh, when we're getting some waves tomorrow. Yeah, right. I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder how it's going to, how do you guys handle south swell around there? Um, it's not bad. I think tomorrow what might kill it is just the wind. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it, it's funky. I mean, I think right here, we're close to 90th Street. It might be funky, but because of all the other jetties, you could go two beaches over and just for some reason it just works a little bit better. Um, so I always just tell people, check out front, but walk down the beach, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, it's the blessing and curse of sand. Yeah, 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 you know, exactly. Like, sand can be great, but it also moves all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Blessing and curse. And if you're ever in the area in the winter, and no need to change in your car. We got a shower upstairs. We got a place to change. You can leave your stuff. Uh, I like plugging that because I know how frustrating it is when you're cold to be taking boots and gloves off and your fingers just are like, why are you doing this to me? You're welcome. We don't charge anything for it. So stop in. Uh, it could be your home when you're uh, surfing out here in the winter. Wow, that's sure. a legend. I'm glad you saved it for the end so that only the people who listen to it <laughs> oh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's legendary. That's epic for, yeah. for everyone. Anybody who surfs in the winter knows how brutal it can be to have to get changed in and out of your wetsuit. So that's killer. Cool. Land of Pad at Station RBNY. Woo. Yeah.